0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway.
1: And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get
1: it?
0: Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, the great Lavender Gooms. What up? Finally joining us, a man wearing my shirt, basically. Kid Presentable. Uh, You want to talk about the shirt,
2: but I'm talking about the uh, hoodie I'm wearing, Black House MMA uh remember in the better days, much, much better days than about the gentleman who's probably leading this show.
1: Yeah. Um Stefan paying tribute to old man Anderson Silva. Um
3: But 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 also tell us what's on the shirt now, because now oh yeah. people have to Stefan, know have no idea what's as uh, Stephon like
1: me comedian. recognizes a great wrestling t shirt and when a man sells a t shirt that just says anxious millennial cowboy and it hits home the message. Even though neither of us are cowboys. I was going to say, there's definitely one <laughs> no, part. Really no, f- it's really the first two words. It's a whole thing, honestly. A lot of, like, wrestling Twitter, people are like, anxious millennial goth girl. Anxious millennial, I don't know, roofer. People are just, they love the hangman page. And definitely has the same shirt I do,
2: basically. That's our generation. Just a uh, constant stream of, uh, what's that shit called, existential crisis.
1: Yeah. Uh, folks, let me be honest with you right now. I am at peak anxiety right now for tomorrow's uh, election. Think about so. our, think about the listeners, Bobby. They're living it. Oh They're yeah, in the middle of the hell. Some right? of you might, some of you are on your way to vote. Please vote. Do that. Yes, I don't have to make say. Right I don't have to tell them to make the right choice. At this point, we've alienated anybody who wouldn't vote for who who wouldn't vote It'd for Biden. It would be hard to imagine
3: mean. they'd still be listening.
1: Why would you listen if you are not voting for Biden? Are you new? I feel it's bit we we shut on the president at least once a week.
2: I mean, if you're a conservative <laughs> MMA fan, you have so many more options out yeah. there. About guys who are just agreeing with
1: you. Well, uh, Steph, I didn't send this to you. Well, Steph, I didn't send this to you. I sent it to uh, to Mark. Where apparently there was this deal. Politico did this big story about all the MMA fighters spreading uh, QAnon theories all over so Yo, Yeah, guys, way, that dude, was
0: way too many words,
1: but Dude, like, I you. got like halfway through Yo, that. This, I'm like, come on, that's the point. Steph, it was a long form piece. Like, I was gonna send it to you, and I'm like, this is gonna ruin Stephon's day. So I'll give him the bullet points. <laughs> but probably <but, but>, <laughs> send it to me like 10 minutes
3: after work because I don't have time to read this. I should have <laughs> sent it in the morning. I could spread it out throughout the day. So yeah,
1: guys, if you want to add to the Pisha set shit list, it includes Jorge Masvidal, Tito Ortiz.
2: Oh yeah, uh, you guys don't get the Jorge
1: Masvidal Trump ad on YouTube. I, I get that shit all the time. I get that every day. I Dude, get the like, Jorge. Masvidal. I've never been. I've never been so more. So more like so. So much. I've never been how, so happy. How with many my other? Ad how many
0: other Latinos are on this list? Tito Ortiz Tito, so far. Tito
1: yeah. Jorge. I don't know what's what's Corano mean because Gina Carano is apparently a pizza Man, game moron. Um, yeah. Who else was on there? Randy Couture. I felt about right. That's. that's I it. feel.
0: I, I feel that the, the cringe champ is probably on there, Henry Cejudo.
1: Oh yeah, he's on there. I forgot. There's another Latino. Yeah, there we go, Mike. No Dominicans, though, right?
0: I mean, there's like there was like one Dominican in the yeah. USB <laughs> and they didn't yeah. even
1: kill somebody. By the way, um, we missed this when we were talking about how he yoked Jared Cannon This we're just letting it out there about how he yoked Jared Cannonier is and how he was so close to a title shot. Jared Cannonier is crazy. Like Jared Cannonier believes in crystals. And he, like, there's a video of him taking his crystals out to the act- outdoor octagon so they can be activated by the sun to help him win the fight, which means they don't work at all. Should rethink let me, that uh, part of us. <laughs> Let
0: me just rebut um, you calling him crazy, uh, Bobby, uh, to parrot the words that the great George Carlin once said. I think they're very apt in this situation. Yeah. If you're going to buy the angels, you also got to buy the goblin package, which is to say... If you're in any way religious or believe there's a higher power, why can't there be magic crystals?
1: That's fair. And uh, to quote the great Rashad Evans, that man's cheese done fell off its cracker. <laughs> that was mostly for Mike. Um. All right, guys. Now that we're just off the rails, we're going to talk a little MMA and little being the operative word. I'm never just going to bullshit about the Mandalorian. <laughs> that's that's what this episode is. Um. But uh, let's get into it. Anderson Silva, Uriah Hall, two Counter Strikers fought. Mark, what happened?
3: Yeah, it was kind of what we we you know set out last week that you know this potentially could be a very you know anticlimactic fight, and for the most part, it was. You know, I I think the first two rounds were very close but pretty inactive, and I think a lot of people gave Anderson the first two rounds. There were some splits with Uriah, but there really wasn't much going on. A lot of the, a lot of fighting from the outside, jabs, some kicks here and there, but pretty uneventful. I don't think it was until the third round where (laughs) I think Anderson Silva was just like, this is my last fight. Like, if I'm not going to go for it, what the fuck am I doing? And thank God he did. Even though, you know, him being more aggressive definitely led to him getting knocked out. But, like, somebody had to make this compelling in in some instance. And I'm glad somebody did because we were definitely looking at, like, five rounds of pure nothingness. So, you know, Anderson got a little bit more aggressive. He definitely started, you know, storming front, uh, just trying to bum rush Uriah. Um, And he got tagged. He got tagged in the third Pretty bad, and then he got tagged in the fourth and finished. Um, it was like you know. the
1: uh, it was like when Anderson fought Forrest, and Forrest was just waiting in, and he got hit with a right hand, and Anderson dropped him. It kind of was like that, but not as you know, not as soul crushing. Really, just <laughs> <Does it> a counter right. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, it, it it was unfortunate, but someone needed to do something. You know, he was either going to be them just standing on the outside for five rounds, and someone gets, ekes out a decision, and maybe for anderson's you know longevity for all the shit he got afterwards a fight maybe that would have been the better avenue just have a really boring fight but potentially get a decision but you know he went for it and i got to give him credit for that um but that's kind of what uriah hall was waiting for you know and that's what both guys were waiting for is everyone to get overly aggressive well, and take advantage
1: you so you said it man we talked about it last week you brought it up how this could just be you know a couple counter-strikers looking at each other mike um to get the uriah hall part out of this um Dana White said some shit after the fight how, like, oh, he would never book Anderson in any sort of fight, and um, if he put Anderson against some real killers, they would have taken him out early. Um, Just want to say, yeah, like, okay, he knocked him out, Mike, and also, you put two counter-strikers against each other. This man's been promoting fights for over 20 years. Does he not know how this works?
0: yeah i mean i think out of the four of us on this uh podcast i know the least amount about MMA, and i'm pretty sure i call this goddamn fight to a tee <laughs> it's gonna be two people just staring at each other if Dana white doesn't know this as well i mean why is he bad at uriah hall for doing exactly what uriah hall is gonna do that and, yeah uriah t-
1: hall got us out of there a round and a half early right what was it Something like that like he saved us a couple minutes on, on this thing um So my theory that he was going to get a title shot off of this not looking well, so good, <laughs> and I, I do want to yeah I don't think that's really in yeah, the cards. But like
3: happen. also got to got to throw Dana under the bus a little bit where he's like oh if I threw him in there with some real killers he just fought the champion the guy that's going to go up to two hundred five probably like the most dominant champion they've had at middleweight since this dude mm-hmm. he just fought him like what two three fights ago and he's like oh he went five guy, rounds I with him too. Like, the champion, like the guy ranked number three. is like, fuck off, dude. You've been sending him against top five guys. Like, the dude's well over 43 at this point, and you're sending him against, like, number one in three, and then he has a bad performance against Uriah Hall, which, I mean, look, we all knew it wasn't going to be great. But then, like, him to be like, oh, if I threw him in there with Rook, you have been, you idiot. You haven't been treating him with kids' gloves. You haven't been building him up.
1: Do, do you want to you know? Know, know how many people finished him in these fights? Essentially he handled. lost his belt? None of them. Actually, he broke. He hurt his leg against Jared Cannonier. That's it.
3: Okay, I couldn't remember. Nobody, remember no finishes.
1: And oh, look, so at, I, I, look at the guys that made him fight, man. They made him fight after. Okay, this is last. His last fights. You mentioned it. Cannonier, fucking contender, right? Israel Adesanya, the champ. Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson was a contender too. Uh, Daniel Cormier. Michael Bisping. Before that, we're back to Nick Diaz. This man got old, lost the belt. and We never let him fight. Have one easy goddamn fight. So, what the fuck and- do you think was gonna happen?
0: I also take offense to him saying that Uriah Hall isn't a real killer. Oh, (laughs) are any of us here on this podcast going to argue that Uriah Hall is a very active fighter when he's in the octagon and is really going for it? Probably not. But how many of his wins are even by decision? How many of them are by some form of knockout? Pretty much all that. I don't know. In my
1: head. Uriah Hall has knocked as about like seven or eight knockouts. I kind of remember that all were him fucking people up.
0: And look, when you have Anderson Silva and Gegard Mousasi as wins in your record book, look, man,
1: while we, all, <laughs>
0: while we all have complaints about Uriah Hall, and they've been the same complaints for the last seven years or so since he's been on the Ultimate Fighter, that he just has an inability to really pull the trigger like he should, sure, but. He's not a bad fighter by any stretch
3: of the he, imagination. He has
1: won four of five fights, uh, three of them by knockout. He's on a three-fight win streak. So, yeah.
3: I mean, I think you can argue that we all had, including Dana White, had really high expectations of Rye Hall. I mean, he, he he exploded onto the scene on The Ultimate Fighter. And I'm not going to, like, lambast the guy for not reaching the heights of being the greatest of all time. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry you put him on that pedestal and he hasn't delivered for you. But, like, like, like you said, Bobby. Um, I think it's like 14 knockouts, three decision wins. I mean, like... What, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like... This is just pure Dana White. Like, he... And I think from what I read after... Because I didn't watch... I, I don't watch any stuff after the fact. But what I read after is basically, like... he He's upset that Anderson didn't, like, retire in the ring. And he's like, well, I'm not going to give him any more fights because he's not, you know, he's not capable well, of, he, like, competing... He, he... Yeah. Or whatever, which, like, that's fine. But, like, also just, like, let him off his contract. Cause I think what's gonna happen is he's just not gonna offer him fights until there's, like, a time thing, right? He has to offer him a fight within a year. No, so I, think he's gonna, I, I think he's
1: gonna let him out, Mark. I, think I hope he's so. Just
3: gonna... I hope so. Cause I think that'd be fucked up to be like, oh, well, I don't want you, you know, like, I, I think you should retire on my terms and not your terms. So I'm gonna try to freeze you out because you're fucking 40 yeah. well, I, I wanna, in I get, years.
1: I wanna get Stefan on this too. Cause Steph, I was gonna, I have another question for you. But first, what are your thoughts on, I guess, you know, him just for no reason? burying uriah hall one of his fighters he promotes basically his only job is remote i mean
2: it's not surprising right like i don't know who's in dana's doghouse at any given moment of the day uriah seems like a well-educated well-spoken man that clashes with most things dana white cares about Mm. um so yeah it's nothing surprised i've said dana has to go for so long way before this fox deal ever happened like i said dana is holding back the growth of this sport in so many regards now espn or fox even before
1: fox like okay gotcha
2: like for a long time i said dana he took this sport out of the doldrums but now he is the biggest impediment for it to growing like i can't take anything about that man seriously
1: um well uh stick with you here buddy uh Anderson Silva, uh, did you see the end of the fight after it was over? Yeah. After- so
2: I, it's it's funny um, to have caught the breakdown of how you guys went with it because I actually kind of forgot this card was on. Um, it wasn't the highest thing on my mind that day. Oh, wait,
1: I, I forgot it was happening till the, it was over.
2: And I had to rewind. so I tuned in in the third round of <laughs> the Anderson Uriah fight. So mm-hmm. I tuned in when it got good. I tuned in when Anderson. I could tell he was tired and beat up, and he was just like, "All right, I'm going for it." So he just starts standing, like, "All right, let's swing and." Um, I caught it from I guess the point that Uriah suddenly turned it on, but um, I was kind of thinking Marseille. He went out on his shield and he really got lit up for it. His reaction speed is just—it's really shot at this point. Um,
1: it got real emotional there at the end, man. When they were just like—I mean, that was the part where like yeah. I'm like I'm like they were like Uriah was crying and told them I'm sorry and you know how much he loves him and you know you're Truly the a hero. You yeah. know,
2: like not exaggerated whatsoever. Um, idolized him probably stylistically wanted to fight like him, uh, was called the next him, right? They had a lot of connections. So, um, yeah, you know, it's you guys were right. Uh, I think, you know, I stand corrected by history and time now that I think when he fought Cannoneer and lost that fight, it was like, okay, now we got Anderson fighting the nobodies. Now we have Anderson fighting the journeyman, but, you know, at Cannon Air, he went on and did something, um, mm. you know. I re- I, it's because I remember him as a heavyweight, right, and he flamed out of there. He flamed out a light heavyweight, and he suddenly became a wrecking machine at middleweight. Who who could have seen it? But, um, yeah, he, it seems like he wants to, right? That was the, the thing I saw before the card was he's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I still want to fight. I'm not done for good, so.
1: He said he's. I mean, he's only oh, the UFC. He knew he was he, done with the UFC. I mean, that was clear to him. If you know, if if some promotion... I was telling Mark earlier, some promotion is going to put some money together and do him versus Vitor.
2: That sounds I about mean, right. You know what? Like, I, I don't mind him going to a Bellator or something. Right? Like, all all the aging soccer stars, they do that last hurrah in MLS. It's a downstep. Um, they may not look good. Like, you know what? Uh, Venom Page is still being boring. Right? Paul Daly... Oh God! Venom Page is gonna knock him out, into and Bellator is, is gonna thing. say it's all, gonna it's all ugly, but it's a thing I would pay attention to in Bellator, and I, I haven't paid attention to Bellator I in mean, a long time. I think
3: an easier solution is they basically have like a Legends League. They can throw him in there with Tito. Quentin Jackson. Tito
1: is running for city council in Huntington Beach. He's busy.
3: Chuck thinks he's still got it. Chuck thinks. I he's mean, still I got think it. there's. I mean, look at a third fight with chill Sonnen, I mean, there's no need for it, but I think Bellator could put it on, and you know they could sell it. Yeah. So
1: some some drug dealer in Brazil is gonna put his drug money together and book us Vitor versus Anderson too. They'll all get paid plenty. There you go. That's what's happening. Um, I guess let's just uh, you know we've all seen Anderson fight live actually. Um. I know I've seen him fight live, I think twice. Is that sound right to other people here? Mark saw him more yeah. than I did. Yeah, uh, Vitor. Stefan, and Stefan you and me. I saw him
0: fight uh, Vitor and Chael.
1: That's yeah. it. Okay, I'm with you. Stefan and me. me and Stefan saw him fight twice. Mike saw him fight once. Mark has seen him three times, I think. That's how you saw him fight Mark Probably. Ward, I think. Yeah. Um, I guess just what's your favorite Anderson Silva moments? And, you know, doesn't have to be one you went to. I mean, I'll lead it off just to get one of the easy ones out of the way. Um. I, uh, I, the first UFC event I ever went to was UFC 117, um, which was Anderson versus Chael, and that remains one of the most amazing athletic comebacks I've ever seen in my entire life. He, man, was dead, done, down, I was there two 10-8s in there, maybe, Chael had? Does that sound right to you guys, two of them? Probably. Maybe? Yeah, probably. It was, he was, Chael was beating the fuck out of Anderson Silva for four rounds and 40 seconds, was it, or whatever, 30 seconds? I forgot. Um, and, uh, much of my enjoyment beyond it being my first UFC card was sitting next to Stefan, who went through all the emotions during this five round fight. But, yeah, that was it for me. Stefan, uh, what do you got?
2: <laughs> it's because why did Oakland, California, Rocky for Anderson – why did we <laughs> all start cheering for Chael all of a sudden in the third round? And then it that came was, back. That what do you got the win? That was <laughs> fucked up. Like, what? And then, yeah, they came back to Anderson on the other side. I'm like, the fuck is this crowd right now? Like and and no, one wants to,
3: no one wants to cheer for a loser who's
0: getting his kicked out of him for five rounds. How, how come you guys are not talking about the other fight that happened in uh, in the stands?
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, that was also distracting, right? But that was
1: pretty... You know, by the valuable. way, if you guys want to, like, enjoy where, 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 like, the MMA pre-fight hype was actually fun to watch, Chael was in rare form back then. You know, the shtick was kind of new, and when he was at the press conference talking about uh, how he won an election with 100% of the vote... And then Ariel asked him, uh, weren't you running unopposed? And then Chael said, yes, I was. <laughs> Come on, man. That's the kind of bullshit was fun back then. But, yeah, that was just a side note. But, Steph, yeah, continue. <laughs> um, where am I going with this? This is my favorite Anderson moment. Intro? Yeah, it, whatever you got. Yeah, yeah Anderson. Um, I'm going
2: to give a couple quickfire ones on, on top of, like, the singular moment. Um, one was the man's presence. Um, you know, we've had a handful who've done it since. I would say Rhonda is in this class. I would say Conor McGregor is in this class, but Anderson truly was the first one I thought in the UFC Where just everything about them from the moment that man steps foot in the building, the tension of their walkout, you know, he had that, um, that DMX remix of ain't no sunshine. And so it had that quiet moment where the build was coming. Like they really dragged out. Like it it was professional wrestling the way his entrance was kind of elaborated elongated. Um, so that was just a thing. Um, for me, how big a deal it was when he got the Nike deal. Um, well,
1: hell yeah. <laughs> when
2: this, We followed the sport for a long time, and it was not very mainstream. It was not very well covered. Getting the Nike deal is the biggest shit you can do in sports. Nike a sponsorship is a validation of everything you do. Um, whether you're into corporatism or not, that's the power of Nike in this world. And like, Uh, You know, unfortunately, we we talked about it. He tarnished a lot of his legacy. So uh, my pristine uh, Anderson Silva black and yellow Nike Spider free trainers, they are not worth as much as they once were uh, at the height of Anderson mania. Probably should have sold them if I wanted to profit off of those. But um, that was just a big fucking deal, I remember. Um, And it still is a big deal because uh, they got in the business with other guys, and I don't think they're sponsoring anyone now. They got out of it. Um, So whatever fleeting moment that lasted. But um, in terms of singular moment, it's the highlight of Anderson Silva to me. And that's the him entering uh, the Avatar state. That's him accessing the Matrix against Forrest Griffin. Fuck. That is whatever anime shounen moment you want to cite as the Super Saiyan, the power-up, where he just made Forrest look like the slowest man on Earth. It was Neo when he realizes he could just catch the chops and he could freeze bullets in time. It was the Pootie Tang hair tail whip GIF and you know, in early meme culture, like that Anderson Silva moment on like Forrest. That's just the iconic of iconic like MMA highlights to me. Over the cage kick, like that, that, that just the dodging the defense. That that's the thing that made Anderson I mean, Silva. I, I, I thought you were
1: I thought you were gonna go to Vitor Big Boot, and then you just had to remind me of my maybe my worst <laughs> failure as a gambler in my life, <laughs> uh, Mike. What about you?
0: <laughs> Obviously. One moment that we've talked about a lot is the uh, Vitor big boot where I won my first big uh,
1: MMA parlay. Yeah, we, but, you and I hugged and started jumping up and down like children. <laughs> it was we great.
0: Talk, <laughs> we've talked about that moment many times in this podcast, so I'm not going to reference that one. The one I will reference is when me and you were once talking about Anderson and you mentioned to me his first fight in the UFC And how much of an ass whooping he handed out to Chris Lieben in, well, I think maybe around time. And you mentioned to me, he literally didn't miss one strike that he landed. And I remember telling you, bullshit, there's no way that he hit 100% of his strikes. What you need to tell me is that he hit him twice and that was it, the fight was over. And you told me, no, 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 he continuously hit him for about around 100% of the strikes. And I remember finding the fight, and the lead-up to the fight was beautiful as well, especially when you consider, I already knew Anderson was the bad. He was already the champ for God knows how long at that point. And you just have Chris leave and talk about, well, he's never been in there with a guy like me. I'm going to rough him up. And I know he's this big, you know, like star out in Japan or whatever, but he's never faced a guy like me. And then they got in the ring together and it was a hundred percent hit accuracy. Yeah. He seriously, he beat
1: his ass for like two, three minutes, just nonstop. It was what it it, felt like. Maybe it was not even that long.
0: (laughs) It was like a black belt teenager going full contact with like a 10 year old white belt it it looked bad it and if there is there's no better way for someone to come into the ufc and just say yo here i am and sure enough so the ufc and he got a title shot in just a second fight in the promotion
1: i remember that was good because joe rogan you could tell joe rogan knew what was going to happen almost because like they're making all these ultimate fighter things like Mike Goldberg's making some weird, like, you know, Chris Levin broke that door down. You know, it must have been real hard. Like, making weird dumbass jokes. And Joe Rogan's like, yeah, Anderson Silva's not a door. Like, and that was an exact line. Like, yeah, Anderson Silva's not a door. And then he just, I think that's when he did, like, the strumming, like the, what was the thing, his dance? That was that one, too? That was fucking He's, badass. He
2: just reminded me of that damn UFC door. By that last season with Rampage, it was straight up just chicken wire. Like, they're like <laughs> every door was breakable by the end of that damn show the grand
1: page just like tore a door apart like it was paper mache almost like it was ridiculous um marcus what do you got <laughs>
3: yeah well i was i'll piggyback off mike because uh that first ufc fight was also um at the time i was living with some guys at college and one of their friends actually you know followed uh you know uh, ufc and mma and we bet on that fight he, he took leaving i was like i'll pick anderson <laughs> he's gonna smoke the shit out of him and he absolutely did I think I bet that guy like two more times. And I'm absolutely demolished him. I think he bet me rampage against uh, Liddell, and I beat that. And then when he fought Rich, he was like, "Oh, Rich's guys." number. I was like, "Dude, you haven't learned anything." Um, <laughs> but so a couple other fights that you know really got me on to, to Anderson. Um, obviously, in Pride, uh, his knockout over Carlos Newton was amazing. Um, a flying knee that basically like froze Carlos in time, and then he he finished him with a couple punches, um, and. It, it wasn't like I can't recommend this fight's like, oh, go watch minute for minute, but he has some highlights when he fought uh Hayato Sakurai in Shuto to win the Shuto belt, which is just like just like pure Anderson, just like young and just crisp and like the punching combinations were just so fluid. Um so those are definitely a couple standouts, you know, definitely you know, and it is running the UFC obviously. Oh, the know. Fricklin knockout. Yeah, the Fricklin knockouts and, and Wait, did stuff he like have a did and, he have
1: a good one with Pele, a fight? Or am I imagining no, that? I thought he had uh,
3: Carlos did but Carlos not- did Dan That's what I'm and talking. Anderson were both on uh, shoot the box um, but yeah I mean and, and there's little moments you know that one of the I think the first fight I saw Anderson live was against Marquardt, Um and, and a fight that a lot of people don't remember but he beat Marquardt by pulling off a switch mm-hmm. Marquardt went for a single leg and he did a switch and got on top of him and I think it just like Markort malfunction. He's like, I you can't grapple like this, and he beat him shortly after. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of highlights. Uh, for I Anderson. mean, we, we
1: we could be doing this all day. I just real quickly want to mention when Dan Henderson showed up with this Pride, um, well Pride welterweight, but you know Pride middleweight title really, um, and took the first round off Anderson, I believe, and yeah. then in the second round, Anderson Silva came out of the corner and threw everything: knee, elbow, punches, kicks, all of it. And Dan Henderson was getting choked out pretty quickly afterwards. It's like Anderson decided, fuck this. I'm taking care of this real quick. Um, I think there's a lot of new listeners, new watchers of this sport. Uh, the ratings on ESPN tell us as much. And Anderson pretty much, I think he got knocked out by uh, Leib- by Weed- by Weidman Weed- in, I want to say, 2012 or 13. I remember it was July. So that's not helpful. But it's been like a while, if I'm not mistaken. I remember we were at a bar in... Fucking San Leandro paid way too much for whiskey to watch Anderson get knocked out. Um, yeah, July 2013. So a lot of this, like, I mean, that is like, a lot of people miss that because a lot of people are Conor McGregor, post-Conor McGregor fans and stuff. Um, you see this old man out there now, and he doesn't look like he's much. And, you know, Stefan mentioned there's drug tests and stuff that he's let himself down and, you know, kind of ruined his image. But there was a moment with a lot of these cage fighters, or a lot of these fighters in general... Nobody has, very few have a happy ending. Khabib's going for it. GSP did it. Uh, Lennox Lewis did it. Uh, Floyd, I guess, did it. Um, So it's almost better to try to remember, like, the best of times what we saw. And I think if you're an MMA fan, you owe it to yourself to just go watch some of these things we mentioned. I think the Anderson versus Chael fight, again, is one of the most ridiculous comebacks you're ever going to see in any sport. And, you know, there was a stretch there, man, where you just, like, You felt it. Like, it was like a feeling. Stefan mentioned it. You knew, like, I'm seeing some shit here. And just like, you just knew, like, okay, the second round's going to hit in this motherfucker's toast. And, you know, it happened with a lot of guys. So, um, that's it for him in the UFC. They wrung every fucking dollar they could out of him and treated him and tried to make him sound bad on the way at the door like the piece of shit Dana White is. But uh, if he wants to fight again and they put him in Bellator, I hope it's against somebody who, you know, he's 45 years old. We don't put him out there against some 25-year-old killer. Let's give him, you know, let's give him some other old guy. So that's it for Anderson. Um, it's the only fight on this card we're going to mention. So moving on, some news. Um, we spent this whole, we spent like 20 minutes last week, Steph, trying to figure out whose is he going to fight. And I put together some bullshit Uriah Haw might get a title shot theory. And no, is he just fighting for the 205-pound belt now, huh?
2: <laughs> Little did you know uh, that Janke Yon- Yon- cleared out the division. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> when he when he won that belt, the division was empty. That that was it. There was yeah, no. Yeah, I, I thought we to... had a
1: number one. I thought we had a number one contender fight coming this weekend, Steph. It turns out we already had a number one contender. <laughs> I mean, that just
2: really shows the state of that division. Um, we've been saying it's for years now, but once once probably was the marquee division of the sport of MMA. Like how the Mikey have fallen because that's just how unsexy every potential matchup is. Glover, right? He's on a win streak, but does. Glover versus Blockowitz, where does that sell? You tell me in their home countries if that even sells. Like, that's just an unsexy fight. So it's weird as hell because Izzy, he kind of, I guess he's cleared out. I guess with Whitaker winning, right, that kind of. I mean, he's
1: done more of a clear out, I think, even than Jan has probably. He fought all these guys. Yeah, that's
2: the thing is he He fought everyone on the way there. Um, You thought that Jones leaving would make light heavyweight fresh, but it seems this is where we are. Basically, it's weird that it's happening, but I'm not mad at it. You wanna know what the betting line is? Um, Izzy is the slight favorite, close to two to one? Two
1: fifty five, Izzy. I was close. I was you close. know what, man? That's gonna be an interesting fight because Izzy's faster, more technical, all these things. But Yawn hits like a Mack truck. He hits and, everybody, maybe. And, and and Izzy is hittable. You can hit Izzy. It's not impossible.
2: Remember, did anyone pick Yawn with me in that fight? I thought maybe one more of you might have picked Yawn. Uh
1: I I can, I'll take a, off the top my head. No, I didn't. I'll, I know uh, I
2: didn't either.
3: I think I, I might have, but I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> that was just basic. I think, Mark, you might have just done it with speculation. But I remember that was my reasoning, is Jan hits everyone, and when he hits everyone, he hurts them. Remember those leg kicks, those body kicks, the welts? Like, Jan just does damage. So, yeah, he is an incredibly live dog. If I can get near betting, that's a that's some underdog action I, I think I would probably want to take.
1: When the fuck was this fight? I was trying to find our pick. Like, how long ago did Jan beat him?
2: Uh, Anything in the last five months could be anything. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. I'm just like, I'm looking at like uh, Tony versus Gaethje and I'm like, I feel it was after that. Like, was it at least on pay-per-view? Like, how am I not finding this thing? Did we just not pick it because we didn't care? Uh, That's a depressing thought. Um, Yeah, I can't seem to figure it out. Whatever. I think you might have been the only one though, Steph. Honestly, if I remember correctly. I
2: like Jan. Uh, Jan's good. I got Jan over Izzy. I'm calling it now. You all take Izzy. You all be wrong again.
1: Um, Mark took Blockowitz. I found it. Nice. Yeah, Mike and I, another one. We let ourselves down. I mean, Mark's the champ. Who would it? Uh, er, 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 honestly, early pick. Does anybody besides Stefan have Blockowitz?
3: I probably uh, wouldn't. Go. I'd probably go Izzy. Nah, still. I'd probably
1: go. I I, I, I think, I think he's gonna he, I, Has Jan been knocked out. I'm not. I don't care enough to look. We'll move on. It's fine.
3: Yeah, he got he got finished uh, Santos by um, got it, right? Santos, who we're talking oh, about later.
1: That's gonna be a fun one. Uh, that's that's this this fight this weekend's interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. A man being off that long. Okay. Um. So uh, Connor Poirier, assuming it happens, is at 155 pounds. Um. It's not signed yet, but um. Let's be honest, folks. We all think this is gonna be for an interim belt, right? Our, our tournament dreams aside. There's going to be a belt on the line for this thing. I don't see why not. Why not? Um, it sounds like it, Dana said he's not stripping Khabib because, as I pointed out in our group yeah. chat, that uh, he even me he's not even a week ago, and he's already ready to try to get Khabib back. So I think it's going to be, he you know, if Conor McGregor wins this belt, Dana's going to go to Khabib and say, hey, you want to go fight Abu Dhabi against Conor and make a ton of money? You, you beat him once. And then we all go through this again. So.
3: You think he'd do that? I don't, no, I, honestly, to I, don't he, I don't think he wants... Honestly, I don't
1: think you. I don't think he wants. I think he's coming back. Mostly honestly, what I means. want
3: to say is that I'm so right. Give me lots of credit. Because <laughs> uh, last week, I was basically like, there's no one for Izzy to fight. He needs to go up 205. I didn't think Dana would agree with me, but he fucking did.
1: Well, and I mean, I was, there's, they have no plan for the future. I told you what we discussed as well. They have no long-term plans. It's whatever they can get next. For, but I
3: also know. was the only one that was like, you know what? I don't know if Habib's done. <laughs> and a week later... We got Izzy fighting for two hundred five. We
1: got Habib's back in the picture. So. Well, in fairness, Habib ain't said shit. Dana White's the one that's like, "I think he's still gonna fight." So
0: fair. So that could mean that he's still gonna
3: listen to his mama and stay retired.
1: If his oh. mama says he can fight, that's gonna be the only thing. His Dana gonna... does a, a screen
3: call with uh, Habib's
1: mom's photo. No, like, oh, I, I, th- man, th- I think another fight. I think there's exactly one person. Three letters. That's what Habib wants if he's I gonna come so back. I mean, Steph wants it. I want it. I don't even Mac. want it. I just, want G- I just like GSP. M-A-C. And for yeah. the record, while we're making our futures picks, I got Batrock the Leaper. He's taking it back for North America. Let me tell you this right now. I, I, I will take GSP because I love GSP. Not that I think he's going to win. <laughs> I just.
2: Oh, GSP wins everybody. going to be the GSP, first one to knock out Habib,
1: too. I appreciate GSP more every day, even though he gave us some boring-ass title fights. Man, this sport does not did not deserve George Saint Pierre. Just looking around did not deserve GSP. Um, all right, John Jones, someone tried to rob him, and John Jones came out of his garage with a shotgun with a muzzle on it. And everybody lived. Yeah, what the fuck's wrong with him? This dude with his arsenal, you get a shotgun? Get a sniper rifle, do it from a distance.
3: <laughs>
2: But John- it was funny when you watch the camera and the garage door open <laughs> just to reveal gun wielding John Jones. That is some <laughs> final boss level
1: shit right there. Yo, when you enter the trap dungeon. On the list of things I'm scared of, John Jones whooping my ass would be near the top. Let alone John Jones with a goddamn shotgun. Which did John Jones have like a five car garage? Anybody else notice that? That was a real wide ass garage. Oh, I noticed John one, Josh. a
3: lot of cars it's, not in the garage. Which we yeah. do later to reveal that he has a a gym in his garage. Surprise, yeah, it makes surprise. sense. Bigger yeah. surprise, dude didn't lock his car, <laughs> so the dude just got in the first car, sniffing around, and second, uh, dude's a fast runner because he one the guy robbing him. Immediately when that garage door started opening, didn't Jet immediately like? What do you think's gonna come out of there? Like nothing fun, and then you look at how fast the, the robber runs versus how fast John Jones. Oh Jesus, runs. yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I think two things here. One, I think when you have a huge shotgun in your hand, it's gonna it's gonna slow down. It's gonna hamper the aerodynamicsism
3: of your runs is going to make you a little but slower might. it gives you plus three adrenaline pump so as much as the wind resistance pushes Look, you we down... know
1: john jones will catch a robber he won he did it before he won the belt remember chase down a robber in new jersey that you know, was a, that was part oh, of the lore i mean
0: mm-hmm. uh, a lar- a large black man running after you with a gun that's going to give you some fucking motivation to get them feet moving
1: I just want to say Mike made it a good point. We were, because we were, yes, yes, I I did make a good
0: point. And you're like, uh, how did John 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 Jones not get shot by a neighbor? Huh? John Jones (laughs) got really lucky because in good times, being a large black man can get you shot, especially in a place like Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I'm assuming is not a bastion of liberal ideas and not racist white people. And this man was running after—I am assuming—a white dude with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. How this man did not get shot, I don't know.
1: If that should happen in the middle of the day, I'm not sure we're telling the same story. Um. So yeah, that was some wild shit, guys. John Jones. I like all the John Jones headlines. The last like year, man, they're all over the place. You know, he's out there getting grabbing spray paint from protesters. He's rebuilding communities. He's, mean, he's admitting to hiding under the cage. He's, he's chasing people with a shotgun. This dude Eddie Adam what, Hancock, who's a, bro. Every what?
0: every day he becomes more, yeah, and he's more he's like Hancock. Hancock.
1: It's so true. Wh- wh- who was his last fight? Was it Dominic? I was that, that even that. this year? Was that was was that even this year? It wasn't exciting. That was that.
0: The last year, wasn't
1: it? I think it was this year. I don't know. Who I don't, cares? I don't
0: remember, man. It's John, funny. It's been going on for like three years.
1: John, this is how, this is how the UFC gets John Jones back to 205. Is Izzy Adesanya holding his belt? That's what's going to do it. He's going to go back down to get his belt after Izzy beats Jan. Um, guys, we're picking two fights. Uh, one's in Bellator. One's in the UFC. These are some bullshit cards. Um... Tiago Santos and uh, Glover Teixeira, though, is absolutely uh, Steph a title eliminator. Um, we haven't seen Tiago Santos since he gave John Jones the fight of his life with no, with just a fucked up knee. His knee was torn apart. Um, Glover has he fought since knocking Anthony T. Smith's teeth out? Nope. Well, there we go. Uh, betting line, Steph
2: uh tiago is coming in at minus 230 to glovers plus
1: 190 um i'll decide the order this time mark what do you got yeah, this one's really tough um it's a long layoff for the kid let me see let me see how long he's been gone Thiago. because it's been a while it, it has gone. but it's mostly just like you
3: it's hard to 16 pick months proper. huh
1: 16, 16 months, months?
3: Um, It's hard to pick Glover just because, you know, he's been the game so long. We're so used to seeing him here and also used to him not really reaching those heights, right? Not really being so much like a title contender. Um, It's hard now, though. He has strung four in a row. And, you know, looking at his losses, they still are like the cream of the crop. And it's this question that I pose a lot of times when we get in these kind of situations, you know. If Tiago Santos gets past him, does that mean he's of that echelon of the, uh, you know, Alex Gustafsons and the Anthony uh, Johnsons and the Phil Davises and the John Jones of the world? Um, you know, and he very much could be. Um, as much as I'm I'm leaning towards picking Glover, I think he I think I like that line a lot because uh, I, I think he has a good chance of winning this. You know, I don't think Santos is, is that clear um of a favorite but i'm still gonna go with the money and and go with santos and i think what's really i mean i think it's age and experience and um you know maybe glover getting up there but at the same time like when i say that he just beat anthony smith a much younger fighter in the fifth round by a tko doesn't really doesn't really jive with what i'm what i'm selling here but i'm going with santos with you know potentially the guy with you know a little bit less runtime on him you know he did
1: have coronavirus six weeks ago too well,
3: buying. Bobby doesn't mean anything. You just pump yourself full of steroids. Oh, is he going to be able to pass the drug test with all the steroids in him? Because of the coronavirus—they're
1: they're not drug testing. He didn't
3: get, but he, of course, he got the Trump treatment, right? You just pump him full of the secret serum, and there you go. You feel better than ever. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Tiago Santos. I, I think it's gonna be a close fight. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna be completely shocked if Glover wins, but I think the smart money is on Santos. But I, you know, at a line like that, like Glover's kind of intriguing a little bit. What was he? What was he a, a plus of? Was it 100 and something?
1: It wasn't in the twos, right? Uh, Steph, do you have it again? What's the? What was the... What was on line? Line? Uh, on Santos? Yeah, yeah well, Glover minus... was. He was plus one. Oh,
2: Glover is plus 190, so it's about okay. two to one. I mean,
1: uh, he's... Uh, yeah, because Santos is coming off of, uh... a torn LCL, PCL, MCL, meniscus, and a cracked tibia, along with a partially torn ACL. How the fuck was this dude standing? Um, yeah, um... Stefan, with that note, what do you got?
3: Steph, you're mute. still. And you have to talk. And give us your pick. Stefan Ding Lawson.
0: <laughs> All right, how about I just go... Mike, why don't you Steph go ahead? figures out his technical issues, or if he has his headphones in. Um, I'm going to go with Tiago Santos on this one. Uh, oh, it looks like Steph's uh, connection went out. Anyway... I'm gonna go with Santos on this one, mainly because of what I what we always love. MMA math. Tiago Santos's fight right before John Jones, which mind you, I think he's I think he tore both his knees or one of his knees really badly. And it was still a very competitive fight, um, even though he lost. Fight before that, he knocked out the light heavyweight champion. That's not anything to sneeze at. Um for that reason alone, I am gonna pick Thiago Santos. It's been sixteen months since his fight with Jones, and he's had time to recover, and have surgery from uh, from his busted knee. So I am knees, going... knees, Yeah, it was it was both knees, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's amazing that he even finished the fight, let alone was competitive in the fight. He almost won. <laughs> yeah. So I am gonna go with Santos on this fight, Steph. Uh, can you hear us?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so I was having a little mic problems there. I, I take it you probably went to me. Um, I'm yeah, going with Santos. Go um, there's a chance Glover just takes this dude down and has his way with him, as is all of Glover's wins seemingly. But, uh, yeah, he, he seemingly, you know, Jones couldn't do it to him. So it just makes me believe there's something there with this guy. Um, but yeah, hopefully knockout.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm also taking the guy coming off of double knee surgery. Let's let's all get into it, guys. Let's he didn't need them. We saw it. He didn't yeah. need them. I, you know, I, do you know who you are. You know who Te- Santos couldn't beat, folks. Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall beat he beat his ass with a bone sticking out of his toe. Dana White, a bone sticking out of his toe. I, he I beat I this fear, dude's ass. <laughs>
0: I fear that at least for Bobby and I, who picked uh, against Jan Blakowicz in in his fight. um... I fear we're going to the same route on this one where we pick the dude that, oh, well, he did
1: well against John Jones. He should win this fight. Mike, you are welcome to leave this pick and go pick the guy who's a very much a live dog at plus 190 and had two ACLs perfectly intact in the last year. I won't do that. Um, so we're not picking the rest of this card. Um, there's a couple interesting people on it. Um, Claudia on there taking on Yan uh, jo- what?
0: Sorry, I thought I was muted. Okay. I, just, I okay. just said my girl when you said Claudia Gadelia. That's my bad. So y-
1: your intention was to say it to yourself. That's right. Okay, Claudia Gadelia is taking on um, Yan Zhao Nan. Yan Zhao Nan, um, Chinese mixed martial artist who has won all five of her UFC fights by decision. I can't. I don't know who she is. So. You want to with... know what's interesting about this fight? what right. She's the favorite. Well, she don't lose, buddy. She beat Car- she beat Carolina last. She don't lose. No nah, so... y-
0: that's disrespect for my girl.
2: Now Man, to don't be don't do fair, that. it is an incredibly close line. It is a minus 120 favorite to even money on Claudia. Um but you know what? Are we making this pick? Come is no. the nah, nah, nah. No, we're not making this pick. Well, nah. for the for the unofficial record then, the mystery factor's got me. I don't know who she is. I hear she's the favorite. I like her. She's beating your girl, Mike. How do you feel about that?
0: Well, just so you know, we have a secret category, and it's some amazing. If you make an unofficial pick, but your pick loses, it counts as four losses. Stuff. Mike,
2: i just take it. Bet point. it all. i double down, Mike. Double or nothing. On <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yo but,
0: but the great thing about unofficial picks is that even if you get it right, you, you don't get any wins, though.
2: No, I'm betting it Mike, at all. I'm Mike either sounds, the champion Mike or sounds- last place with this pick. Mike sounds
1: like the Republican. Mike sounds like the Republican candidate for president, trying to change the rules of this of this right shit here. Is, your shit fly. is rigged, yo. His shit is rigged. Um, yeah, Brendan Allen's on there. A guy off to Dana White, fighting for something, whatever. Shit, he was LFA champion. Um, three and zero in the UFC so far. Somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, he got a win over uh, Kevin Holland, whose name gets brought up on this podcast on a weekly basis. Um, this guy fights a lot. Man has fought, he fought in May, August, September, October. He wants one more. He said he wants to fight this month too. Let's Kevin I'll get Kevin Hall in another fight. Um, the other fight we're picking, and by picking I mean we're all picking one way, is um, Corey Anderson, a.k.a. Mike, go ahead. twenty
0: five eight.
1: Yes, a.k.a. Okay. whatever he changed it to.
0: Overtime, which is equally not good. It's
1: terrible terrible um making his bellator debut you know people are like is he gonna get a title shot immediately nah 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 we're gonna give him quiff cory anderson a fight against a, a real contender uh a guy who's right up there in the rankings you know get him ready for a title shot no they're not doing that he's having a fight melvin manhoff is about a 62 years old um look marcus we all love melvin manhoff But, I mean, I feel bad that he's in the Rudy Bears situation here, Bellator.
3: I mean, his recent fights would have you think a little bit otherwise. Um, Mostly because he had two fights with uh, Rafael Carvalho, who was the champ. And I guess the first one was a close split. So they brought it back. That then, was
1: the worst MMA fight I've seen in the last 10 years. So no, I was it was not. It was that and bad. They yes. ran, he did finish him with a head kick. He,
3: he is coming off two wins over guys I've never heard of. Um, but yeah, at, at 44 years old, Melvin's just not the guy he used to be. Um, and Corey Anderson, stylistically, is a fucking horrendous matchup for him. Like, oh, yeah. Grappler style like that is just not. Melvin needs to. His best chance is with guys who are going to stand with him and, and let him get in the pocket and exchange. Um, and that's just not Corey's game. So yeah, it's
1: going to, you know, it's a.
3: I, I want to say it's a decent name, but I don't really think it is. I mean, if you're in the know of like who Melvin is, you know, like his best years.
1: Melvin back. isn't even a light heavyweight.
3: Like his, his last fight was at middleweight or yeah. at least, I mean, I don't know what these other two scrubs he, he beat what, what division that was at, but I assume it was probably at middleweight, but yeah, so he's moving up. I'm guessing, I don't think Corey's going down. Um, so yeah, Melvin doesn't really have a shot in the stylistically. I mean, almost everything stacked up against him besides the dude has power, you know? And I mean, look, he can knock anyone out and, I say that with the utmost confidence and with more behind that than you say with a lot of other strong punchers because he fucking knocked out Mark Hunt. Oh, one yeah. punch, you know, one of the toughest guys in MMA, the hardest heads in the game, one punch cleared him out. So it's like, Melvin's not, there's no, there's not, there's no avenues to win here. The dude has power. It's just, you know, at this, at this stage of the game, he's just not competitive.
1: So. I, I don't understand this booking because Corey Anderson is going to take him down. Like what are we? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. This is just May, make us. Maybe you should. Un,
0: maybe you understand it perfectly.
1: Do, do they want people to like Corey Anderson? Like what? What's the point of this fight? Just give him a title shot. Do we got to put him in a boring fight? I guess like, maybe just give
0: him one win to uh, get. Look, a if, if,
1: if Steph. If Corey Anderson gets gets knocked out by Melvin Manhoff, we never talk about him ever again, right? Like he can't lose this fight. Yeah, we, we, talk it, we,
2: we talk him about him the same amount as we always have. <laughs> <laughs> It's neither higher nor lower than our usual Corey Anderson content. I will say, because you kind of guys kind of bagging on his nickname, the one thing I give props to it is it's not a good nickname. I'm not defending the nickname. All I remember is when they were previewing the change, Frankie Edgar was like, it means the same thing. And I, I, was, like, <laughs> I was like, I was can't picture what that is. But then when I heard it, I'm like, oh, he's right. It means the same thing. They, that, that's fair. It means the
1: same thing. I, I just like that there was hype behind the change. And then next, he's going to change it again and be like, all right, I got a new name. Corey, I work hard. Anderson. It's true,
0: yeah. 25-8. <laughs> overtime, yeah. Fundamentally, does mean the exact same thing. He's he's his, next, his,
3: next, his next uh, nickname is just going to be Time and a Half. <laughs> Although,
0: I think what it really means is fraud. Because, I mean, if you're billing twenty-five day, 25 hours in a day, I mean... It's fundamentally impossible. That was the that,
3: that, 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 that's what got you to think, Mike. You're like, wait, twenty five eight. That doesn't. The there you go, names Mike. You just names got names his names next name.
2: nickname, Corey. Fundamentally impossible, Anderson.
0: <laughs> Corey, the math just doesn't work, Anderson. Frankly, I think fundamentally impossible is a much better nickname that than twenty five eight for <laughs> overtime. <laughs> Yo, you see what he did? That shit is fundamentally impossible. It's it's, yeah, it's like a really
2: funny. good pro wrestling gimmick for like the monster <laughs> heel. Like, I think how does this man needs, even
1: exist?
0: I think one of us needs to DM Corey Anderson and tell him, "Look, listen, guy, we got a great name for you,
1: buddy." I think Mike, that was uh, that's your thing, as you are not now in charge of the It's M. Amazing Twitter account. Remember?
0: Oof. Do I <laughs> do I even know the password for it? That's the that's a good question.
1: Good question. Um. Yeah, I don't uh I mean, okay. Yeah, Corey probably wins this, but Melvin can hit him real hard. I mean, we I don't I, yeah, I've been bagging on him, but Melvin Manhoff is Fuck, he's a year younger than Anderson Silva. Um also I like on Wikipedia when they list his divisions for Melvin Manhoff. It says welterweight, middleweight, light heavyweight, cash weight, <laughs> heavyweight. Look, if you set up a ring or a cage and tell Melvin the time, give him about a week's notice because he might have to fly there, you know, from the Netherlands. Melvin will get to the fight and be there for guys.
3: That's it. Melvin's not going to make 55. Everything else is on the table, very much on the table.
1: I mean, he's five foot eight. I mean, real talk, Melvin Manoff's as tall as me. He's not five foot eight. Melvin Manoff's about five foot five. All right? Best case, he's as tall as Steph. Steph, how tall are you? Like five, seven, five, eight? <laughs>
2: about that he's a he's yeah. in our he's in our range right yeah <laughs> i mean he's a scary man we saw him win put some respect on his name oh did of course we see when we had that delicious steak sandwich in fresno california we saw melvin manhoff win against somebody
1: yeah i just want to say what happened at this bellator card did we pick a bellator fight didn't we this past week
0: uh yeah we did
1: yeah uh Gegard and um Gegard and uh lima had a snoozer
0: yeah, but Guard won, so he is the new Bellator middleweight champ. Another
3: guy that Uriah Hall beat. I, I told Bobby about it. I know no one watched it. I mean, I only gave it my my Bellator highlight three minutes. That they like. Thank God. I love how they just like. You know what? The event happened three hours ago, but here's five minutes of everything important that happened. And the most important thing about that fight, and I almost, I almost recommended recommended enough to go watch that video, is I don't know what Douglas Lima's was thinking at the end, but I guess it was a close fight. You know how fighters will raise their opposite arm when the referee is like calling out, like "Oh, who's going to win?" You know, they're, they're trying to hype themselves up. When they finally announce that Gagar wins, Douglas Lima puts both arms up like he won. He's like, "Yes!" And then you're, and then Gegard, like he's putting his because the referee's raising and he's like. I won, right? And he's looking at Douglas like I they said my name right. And then Douglas like realizes it and he just like drops to his knees He goes, but and like a in, in a in a comedical way where he's like, Oh I, no oops. And it's
1: just like what the fuck happened? That's so good. So good. Um yeah, Gay uh got that belt back. We'll see, you know. If I'm Uriah Hall, I just lead the UFC band. You can beat the Bellator middleweight champion, you get less. I'll tell you about Scott Coger. Scott Coger's not going to get out there and just shit on the fighters he's supposed to promote. He so did about... beat him,
2: Bobby, but they ran it back, and the the proper outcome occurred.
1: Yo, man, that was one of those knockouts, though, for Uriah Hall, you think about. It. The spitting back, the shit right to Gegard's face <laughs> that Gegard ducked into because he had unlucky. Um, or
0: original plum pick, yo.
1: um, Yeah, you did do that. um. Bellator's also got a couple of uh, people worth mentioning on this card, namely one of their big prospects, um, Tyrell, Tyrell Fortune, big amateur wrestler that been, Bellator's been grooming. And good name. Uh, That is
2: a good name for a fighter.
1: Tyrell Fortune, it really is. Um, we also have um, the Mr. Paige Van Zant fighting, um, Austin Vanderford, who I don't know if he's good. I'll be honest with you folks. Um, but oh shit, he's nine and zero. Oh. He might be okay. Um, that's also happening. So if you want to, I don't, I don't get this Thursday night shit. Bellator's doing, but okay, that that's when it's on.
0: So uh, wanted to give some quick news for the people tomorrow. Which by that time it'll be old news. But pertinent to our boy stuff, uh, Michelle Watterson has her next fight. Stuff your girl fighting uh, Amanda Hibas. So don't two- you remember,
2: Mike? Mike. Speaking we of speaking, speaking of old news and behind the times, I'm off. Michelle Watterson, Mike, nah, son. and, and
0: son. Never...
2: I go. I get off her. What does she do? She she wins against er, our, everyone's favorite loser on this podcast. Um, because why would I back that horse? Um, I've never had reason to have faith in it before, but we still like her. She's still Angie. She, Angie,
0: we're still rooting for you to get that win that actually propels you forward. Ah, uh, come on, Steph. You know you still got a little place in your heart. Nah, or did you see uh, uh, Uf- a, bunch all the,
2: a bunch of UFC bums? They went on a uh, Family um, Feud, dude, yeah. and they lost a Boxers. Boxers? Dang, Amanda Holyfield was on the team. That man cannot put together a coherent sentence, and his team beat the UFC fighters. So I haven't watched it, but Michelle, she was one of the leads on that team. So what I'm saying is they dumb, Mike. They all dumb.
0: Yo, apparently, man. I mean, Boxers got, like, the most CTE in the world, and they lost it, huh? Mm. That's Football
1: shame. has entered the chat um all right um uh, let's do stuff we like because i I'm, I'm done talking about fights um stuff we like um let's talk about the mandalorian uh episode one of season two um dropped you know what let's do this in fairness people might not have seen it let's end with the mandalorian so we all can right, say okay. but um stefan besides the mandalorian do you have anything you want to discuss this week
2: Uh, no, that, I mean, that was pretty much the, the hot action of the week. Um, just dabbling in things. Uh, Mark will probably mention it. Um, but he's got me interested in in playing Spider-Man again. He, that Spider-Man fire has, uh, been restoked. Um, kind of looking for a new anime. Uh, wait, is there, is there a DLC or something or is it just um, just the same game? There's a big story with Miles Morales, um. They added the... Uh, we'll let Mark talk about it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's coming soon. Basically, the Miles Morales kind of follow-up. Uh, it's like a, half a sequel, kind of. Big expansion, not quite a full sequel, but um, looking forward to that. Um, looking for a new anime. Haven't really gotten full on board uh, with anything new since Rent-A-Girlfriend. Um I checked out a few I've been I've tried to give the series a couple chances. Mike, you tell me what you feel about it. Um Boruto, the kind of Naruto follow-up spin-off. Um I've seen probably not recently, but in all the times I've watched, I probably watched maybe 20 episodes in total. I've never been able to get into it. Um it's pushing near 200 now, so clearly it's got a fan base out there, but um yeah, I... maybe maybe it's just it feels too fillery for me right now. I don't maybe there's an arc that'll capture my attention
0: but i don't know i treat boruto stuff much how i treat treated dragon ball gt before dragon ball super made that non-canon and here's my thought process for me the series ended at dragon ball z and the series ended for me at naruto Then nothing after that matters to me
2: yeah it's not great um the it's it's not even like junk food entertaining it's just like I'm giving it a chance because of its familial ties to a different series that yeah. I quite love,
0: but you're not um, going to enjoy how they nerf uh, Naruto and Sasuke in this series. Like those two are basically God level by the end of Naruto, which is how it should have just ended, and somehow there's even more God, even higher God-level people now. It's a little bit like Dragon Ball Z. Um,
2: it's not a show I watched. One uh, I w- an anime I will mention just because it was funny from a YouTube video I was watching. Uh, kind of going over what's on doc for the fall. Uh, but I just when he previewed this one, I don't even know its name. But uh, it really just gave me that Japan. You keep being Japan uh, with your crazy fetishes. There's a anime coming out that is specifically about girls who like rock climbing. And if you've been on a dating app in 2020, girls fucking like them some indoor rock climbing. So it's uh, basically just, if you like anime girls climbing uh, indoor rock walls, this is your fetish anime for you. And uh, Japan, you got something for everyone out there. And I respect your hustle, you doing what you do. Um, I'm probably not watching this show. That was just funny as all.
0: Steph, are you a fan of sports animes? I think I've probably asked you this question before, but I can't remember.
2: Um... I like them in moments, but I've never really dug into one. I know uh, our friend Eddie; he really loves Haikyuu, and I've always heard good things about that one. That's a volleyball <laughs> one. Um, I've never quite gotten into them outside of seeing like Epo, I guess. But like, there's a lot of basketball ones and all that, but I've
0: never quite checked them out. Haikyuu is is really good. I would recommend you giving it maybe five episodes to see if you like it. Uh besides that, actually one I was going to recommend to you that my nephew actually recommended to me was uh Ahiro no Sora. It's uh it's it's a basketball anime. Um I'm about 30 episodes in. So the fact I'm 30 episodes in will let you know I, I enjoy it on some level. But you know, it's it's basically like your normal Japanese sports anime. They're all striving to get to the national tournament.
2: and they- <laughs> what, what precocious young kid wants to be king of basketball? You know, that's basically he, what every. Uh, the, story- the
0: main character in the show, Sora, is 150 centimeters. No, 149 centimeters tall. And when you break that out into American, that is like five feet tall. The kid is short and he's in high school. I mean, no one's that airborne in Japan. He'll be all right. <laughs> God damn, even even in Japan, a five-foot five foot tall boy, that is short. Fair
2: enough, fair enough. Yeah, you know, uh, it's dumb. It's like, obviously, shows go on, and there have been multiple, but I just remember when there was a basketball anime that wasn't Slam Dunk, even though Slam Dunk was like the manga we saw in Japantown when we were in middle school, I'm like... It's a different series because I was only used to like Dragon Ball at this time. And I'm like, there's other series. It's not just one series that continuously runs forever. But um, yeah, I I am meaning to check some out. I I I don't know why. It's like I got you into a anime uh, that was a shonen uh, food cooking show. I can get into sports when I like them in real life. I just have. Yeah, I just haven't gotten around checking them out. Um, But that's it for me, basically, besides uh, Mandalorian. Nothing. No solid recommends yet.
1: Mark, what do you got this week?
3: Uh, yeah, so um, like Steph mentioned, I've been uh, on that Spider-Man kick uh, mostly because, like uh, Steph also mentioned, next week is new consoles coming out, and with the launch of the PS5, uh, alongside it, they are doing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, and also, like Steph mentioned, this is kind of kind of like more what you would say like a, an expansion, or how they um, equated it was think more like Uncharted Lost Legacy instead of Uncharted Four, which is kind of their spin-off you know it's like it's a it's a shorter game but still feels you know still has that triple a feel to it um yeah, so i've been i've been watching and getting ready for that and honestly before i was thinking like oh you know i'll wait until i get a ps5 and i'll play miles then um but now going back and finishing out the dlc uh the city never sleeps. I think they called it for the first Spider-Man. Um, and it, enjoying that, and, and I'm not even saying that DLC stuff like super great, but just getting back into the <laughs> into the swing of things, if you will. Um, I've been really enjoying it, and I've decided that you know I'm going to pick up Miles on the PS4. You know, it's not going to have you know all the bells and whistles. I won't have it in 4K and stuff. But I'm just, I really loved uh, Spider-Man when it came out two years ago. It was my game of the year back then, just because of how fun it was and just how much I love just being. In that world um, as Spider Man. And I just imagine that's going to be even more fun when I'm playing as Miles and they have all the accoutrements and kind of his style of that character, I think is really appealing. Outside of that, though, stuff that I actually consumed this last week that uh, I want to spot a highlight on. If I would have known, uh, and you guys might need to help with his name, Noya Inoa was fighting this past weekend, I would have mentioned it last week. This is the only boxer I follow. Um, and he fought this last weekend and kind of surprising because literally like two weeks ago, I kind of checked up on him. I was like, he does he have a fight yet? Like what's going on with COVID? Um, so he fought this uh, Australian Jason Maloney. Um, it's on ESPN Plus, which is awesome because his last fight was on zone. It was the only reason why I had any interest in getting on zone was like, I'll pay what was it 30 bucks a year just to watch his one fight which happened to be on my birthday last year, which is quite a treat. Um, but even watching this fight on ESPN was really fun. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about boxing to know if uh, he's been getting easy fights, but at 20 and O with 17 knockouts, when I think he's like light bantam weight, which is like 108. That's insane. These guys don't have that kind of knockout power. And you uh, know I think his performance against Jason was great. He knocked him out in the seventh round. You know, you don't get a lot of knockouts in this division. I don't think he put his best foot forward. I think he really lacked going to the body. I kind of think he knew he was on ESPN. He knew he was this was an American fan base, and they want to see dudes' domes get cracked. I would have loved it if he went to the body more because that just opens up his whole game. But even negating some of his strongest weapons, just demolish Jason Maloney in a fantastic fight. So that was really fun. Definitely recommend checking that out. Um and then over the holiday uh the Halloween weekend uh I snagged uh Lovecraft Country county um cuz it just ended and I'm about 5 episodes in and I've really been enjoying it. I think it's a really fun show. Um uh, my wife Christine who's super into um HP Lovecraft and stuff like that. She's been loving the series uh a lot more than I have. I I I my, I do think it's very fun and interesting. It definitely does that HBO thing where man these hour long dramas like they feel like too. I remember watching the second episode and being like, "That felt like a movie." That thing was just felt like not only was it just like long for like an hour of anything just seems long. Even when we watch other hour dramas, they're usually cut down to forty four minutes because they're you know they're presented for TV. But these HBO ones are the full hour, um, and there's just a lot going on. Like the, that episode is just fucking moving from one thing to the next, and I've really been enjoying it. Um, yeah. So outside of that, uh, yeah, that's kind of all I got. So yeah, that's it.
1: Um, I. In between the extreme anxiety I have for tomorrow, um, I watched *The Mandalorian*. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I have been—I am officially very excited for this weekend's um, AEW F- Full Gear card. And I need Mike for this part of the conversation um, because I know he follows AEW too. Um, so the Young Bucks are taking on FTR, formerly known as the Revival. And Steph, you'll know this too, this is something we've, as wrestling fans, wanted to see the Young Bucks take on the Revival or FTR since pretty much the last four or five years has been the dream tag team match for people to see. And um, the one thing that can be irrefutably said about AEW is that they do tag team wrestling better than the WWE, which is really not hard, honestly. That's a real standard I've uh, I've said, but that's happening this weekend. Um, Mike's favorite wrestler, Eddie Kingston, is wrestling against John Moxley. Um, I, I say that because Mike doesn't like Eddie Kingston because I don't even know the reason, to be honest. I don't <laughs> I forgot it's the New Yorker reason, right, Mike? Uh, I, I just assume his Mike doesn't like Puerto Ricans because he's Dominican. That's my entire no, big on this.
0: <laughs> no, I do not dislike the Puerto Ricans. How dare you? But I, you think, disliked... I think there is some type of Pavlovian response going on here in that <laughs> he reminds me too much of people I knew growing up.
1: Yeah, it's why Mike doesn't like Zelina Vega either, Steph. That is true. I thought, I thought he
0: liked her um
1: i th- i would like i like her a lot why wouldn't he like her
2: yeah i didn't realize I, I it's one of those things i heard after the fact is that um young bucks and uh ftr actually have no history with each other like this will be the first I time never. they've ever done it on any level um and while you say you know it's not hard for wwe let's be honest they made their chops in nxt with the tag team boom There, that's fair that's why it, that is it's fair. not the big stage wwe but we all knew who the rival was. Um, Fortunately, that's right around the time when Mark and I did get in on NXT for that little brief window we did. I think uh, American Alpha was another one of those teams in yep. there in that early boom. But FDR
1: made so many tag teams look good in NXT.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those times as we caught that perfect heyday of it's why we got into NXT at all. Is NXT suddenly reminded us of the pro wrestling that we grew up watching. Not the one we stopped watching um you know in middle school high school but the one we grew up watching just had the way they the presentation and everything was really a throwback to like kind of those old raw and those old uh was it was it called nitro um days and everything so um yeah i mean i know it's really exciting from that um uh i haven't really followed but i've talked to uh mike about it bob because you know i'm a kenny omega fan because i've seen uh, he's now done it two weeks in a row I was like, all right, he's just got this Japanese girl dancing with a broom for a whole 20-second yeah. <laughs> intro before he even comes out. And I'm like, oh, they got a whole choreographed number with the brooms. And like, it just well, keeps going. And it got more it. intricate the second time around.
1: But Folks, that's why you know we're doing this 400 episodes. Stefan knows how to lead me into my next thing. Um, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page is my favorite wrestler right now. Um, I've never related to a character in wrestling before, Stefan, this much. <laughs> really like I love Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rob Van Dam when I was a kid but I don't relate to them the way I relate to the anxious millennial cowboy or man hangman's just doing his best you know he's drinking too much but he's just doing his best he- <laughs> I, I had to go ahead and look up
2: hangman um after uh so the one wrestling podcast I like listening to is mass man show um and they were talking about him this weekend it was a comment he made Um it made me look because my picture of Hangman is we went to the original double or nothing, and I only learned about Hangman around that time because I'm like, okay, this is the young guy that's gonna be the future. You know, Jericho is gonna be the name, Omega is the current day, but Hangman is the guy who's gonna be tomorrow for AEW. Um so I paid attention to them. But Mass Man said, whenever I looked at Hangman Page, I always thought he was a B plus guy. I wasn't quite sold on him. But now that he wears pants. He's an A. He's a solid <laughs> A. I'm in on everything about him. That's apparently all I needed to believe in this man with a pair of pants. And I'm like, oh, Hankman changed his gear. And I saw it. He's got like the chat pants. And I'm like, yeah. That's far better. That's far better than the circle trunks. <laughs> so, like, he's a- Hankman, or I'm sorry, Mass Man. That dude knows his wrestling. He's featured prominently in the Andre the Giant HBO documentary. Um, he's a true historian. So when he says goes, and uh now that hangman's got pants he's got the stamp of approval he's got the rocket that's that's shoemaker right
1: huh that's shoemaker right is that shoemaker yeah um yeah um mike there's no hangman no way hangman's winning this though right i mean kenny's kenny's (laughs) getting this w
0: (laughs) nah man uh it is not hangman's uh turn yet to to, to survive for the title Mm. kenny's come back apparently with this cleaner persona that he had in japan Oh yeah, and, it's just
1: a giant dick that fucked people up. That was Kenny's gimmick.
0: <laughs> and I am loving every second of it. When he when he wrestled Sonny Kiss two weeks ago, that that look of just abject boredom that he had after he pinned Sonny Kiss was just it was just priceless. It, it was great to behold. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a great uh, title match between him and I'm gonna assume that um, John I think it's gonna Moxley is going to win. I but, think so too, honestly. So it, it'll be a great lead-up. I hope they have a great, good feud.
1: I think I, mean, I think I told Steph this. When I, 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 I said I thought that, you know, that's where Moxley loses his belt. Kenny and him, run it back. So AEW
2: would... is going to give everyone what they want. I, it's easy. I don't watch AEW, but Kenny is going to beat Moxley, go on a dominant heel run, and that's the rise of face cowboy hangman Page. And Hangman yeah. takes it after Kenny has a lengthy heel run as champion. That's that oh, move at their next, what's What's their WrestleMania? Is that all out for them?
1: I, it might be Double, or nothing, double or nothing. I don't know. It's hard to gauge anyone. Which, when people can beat which that. was
0: the first one? Wasn't it uh, AEW All or Nothing? Wasn't that the one? No, the, fir- all the in first one
1: was the
2: kind of indie union, which led to AEW. And AEW's first event is Double or Nothing.
1: Yeah, that was the one we went to. Me and uh, me and Mark and uh, our friend Drew. Well, me and me and Mark. Me and Steph and our friend Drew went to Double or Nothing. But I, they have Double or Nothing, Full Gear, or Double or Nothing, All Out, Full Gear, and the one in the beginning of the year was Revolution. They only have four pay per views a year, so God bless them for that, by the way. If you're going to charge fifty dollars for this shit, um, yeah, AEW. Um, I'm excited for this card, um, and uh, we'll see. I think Darby Allen might become TNT champion, but we'll see if Cody wants to give up the strap. All right, folks if you haven't seen the mandalorian
0: oh whoa whoa whoa! i haven't given my my stuff i like it how you gonna skip me oh door? i thought
1: I, I thought i started with you i'm, I'm sorry go
0: ahead mike well mine is actually a very short one because this is one of my favorite two to three days of the year mike what are you talking about what are these two or three days you're referring to it's the days right after halloween because all that's Sweet, sweet candy is at least 50% off. <laughs> if you don't mind that the wrappers are like Halloween-themed, yo, stock up on your Snickers
2: Wait, who Mike,
1: the fuck, Mike, you do the the fuck cares about the wrapper? <laughs>
0: Mike, I'm not judging you for
2: your sweet tooth and the candy sales. Sure not Every, everyone knows candy sales are great. I'm just questioning your consistency from the man who can't eat a corn dog, because he can't have fried stuff at this age, but... After Halloween candy sales, no No. guilt, no shame. I'm going to do it to my delight.
0: I don't really eat candy at all. Um, I have a family of diabetics. I I really try to stay away from pretty much all sugar if I can. Hence why I like seltzer water. But, yo, man, you can't can't pass some 50% off candy. You crazy?
2: So on the Halloween candy, can I ask you guys, what is your favorite, like, bullshit candy? Not chocolate. You know, like just bullshit candy. That is just pure confectioner goodness. Well, what is that for you guys? Sour Patch Kids. That's fair. Mine is Nerds. Yeah. And if there is a thing that is just food coloring and sugar, it's Nerds. It is just rocks of pure sugar. That's what I. That's why I mean bullshit candy. I fucking love Nerds,
1: Mike. I mean, my Mark is. I mean, is Charleston Chew? I guess that or is that a is that
3: how you define that's bullshit a yeah. candy? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Every every candy on my uh, uh, is uh, of I I equal mean... value. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, I would no, say like no. Charleston Chew is my favorite candy. That Mike is and like Ike's probably for you. Mainstream, there? well known.
1: Mike and Ike's one of your favorites too, right? Since Steph
0: said bullshit candy, I'm not gonna make it like an actual, real, real candy. So a candy I really enjoyed growing up was you remember those little dots of candy that That's were a on mess. a piece of paper.
3: Oh no. Oh that's, that's
0: garbage. I'm like, sorry. They <laughs> were, they were <laughs> the so, you they were so delicious. Time. You just had to have no problem with also eating, you know, just a little bit of paper with each one. That was a bullshit.
1: Okay. Mark, I hated that shit. I know. Oh, See, I
2: mean, I, I, anyways, I, I, Mark, you said there were none, but bullshit you, you know it when you hear it. You know yep. it when you hear
1: it. I uh I I mentioned this to Mark. Um I was watching uh Good Mythical Morning, um the uh, YouTube show with Rhett and Link. And they had a three four three-day tournament of like worst candy bar. And their final four included Mark's favorite, Charleston Chew. Um something called a Zero Bar. That was one side of the bracket. And then the other side was my favorite candy bar, a <laughs> baby Ruth. And um Hershey's No, sorry, no. And uh Payday. And then uh I mean Thankfully, the finals, you know, we didn't make it to the finals, either of our favorites. I think they had zero bar uh, defeated uh, Payday. I don't know what a zero bar fucking is, though. C-
0: Congratulations. You and Mark's favorite candy bars are just third and fourth most bullshit candy bar. bars.
2: It's not my Yo, it's not <laughs> my favorite, but that's fucked up because I like
3: Paydays.
1: Yes. Okay. First of all, I, I think Paydays are fine.
3: Nobody knows what a zero bar is. I think it's like all nougat or something. I think it's like white.
1: Yeah, that's what it looked like. Do you guys know there's a YooHoo bar and it's fucking huge? No. Like physically large? Very large bar. I I how do I even hate some baby Ruth? There's nothing offensive in there. Yeah. It's just a even run-of-the-mill it's, candy it's, bar. Like, cool. yeah.
3: yeah, I'll say it again really? for the podcast. The only thing I don't like about a payday, it's like the only candy that can make a fucking mess. You oh, God. It has to <laughs> start falling off. It's like, oh, boy. This was not thought of. Hey,
1: whatever. It looks like it's not done. It looks like they should have been dip it in chocolate and they forgot. And then they just said, Fuck it, send it out.
0: Hey, guys, whatever happened to sugar daddies? Have you guys seen a sugar daddy in the last 10 yeah, years? Yeah,
3: that is in the era of the zero bar. <laughs> when I, when I, when what was I thought daddy? was false was the bullshit.
1: You candy. remember
0: sugar daddy? It was like a, a caramel popsicle.
1: No, but that sounds pretty good. I only
2: know that word and its other connotation.
0: You guys, we'll see, uh, look up Sugar Daddies. When you see the rappers, you'll likely remember what it is.
2: Steph, guys, not sure you were say. look up Sugar Daddies. I don't, yeah, I'm, that's not good advice. I'm, I'm
0: not doing that that's good
1: advice, Mike.
0: Sugar Daddy and then Candy next to it. You'll get much cleaner results.
1: Um, I, Steph, I thought you were going to say your favorite was Starburst. That was what you, I thought you were gonna go with. I mean, that it. I don't know. I, I give
2: validation to Starburst due to like its ubiquitousness in society. It's like McDonald's has ascended mm. to everyone knows this damn brand. Nerds are just pure piles of sugar. But I goggle yeah. the purple and the pink down that box. No, you're just, you're, that beautiful box. Right. box <laughs> I don't know how other people ate them. I eat one side and then I eat the other. Try Great was try all that nerd
3: rope. Steph, look out for that nerd rope.
2: I know, it's, it's like a gummy rope like embedded with nerds, right?
3: Had it, but I've been hearing good things.
1: I mean, I just want to, I mean, for me, it's just, I love gummies, and I love sour things, and they just came together with the Sour Patch kids. I might be one of the few people who's like, I would rather have the sour Skittles. That's me. That made Those made me happy. I don't know if anybody else ever even enjoyed them. Um, and have you guys ever had a what's the name of the, the, the chocolate gummy bears? Have you guys had those? No, that sounds
3: disgusting.
1: It. Yeah, it's a gummy bear with chocolate on it. What is it? They sell it at the movie theater. I'm trying to... Oh, I might have it.
3: had those before. It's gross.
1: They're not bad. It's just, you know, it's just weird that I don't expect chocolate on a, uh, I'm dragging this out so I can, you know, fucking look up the name of it. Uh, bear. What the hell was it? Choco bear? Help me out. Not Choco bear. What the fuck? There was like... Uh, whatever. It's a chocolate gummy bear. You guys got it. Mud bear? Something like that? I don't know.
0: I mean, if these marketing people knew what they were talking about, they would have named them grizzly bears.
1: Okay. Well, I'm not going to come up with this thing. Someone's going to just look. Muddy bears. That might be it. Muddy bears is what they were called.
0: That's shit. Um, That's horrible, man. You guys tell
1: me we like talking about
2: candy and shit on this podcast. Anytime that comes up, it becomes like a half-hour segment. (laughs) Let
1: me tell you, three of us haven't had dinner. So <laughs> that's what's happening too. Alright, Mandalorian. If you haven't watched it yet, you guys go ahead and check out. Um be safe today when you listen to this. Tomorrow for us here. You know, some people are being crazy. But you know, be safe. That's all I'm gonna say. Um all right, Mandalorian. Um season two, episode one. Um, I believe they're Steph, just calling it off?
2: Uh, chronological
1: chapters,
2: so we are actually not in episode one, so much they refer to it as chapter nine. Ch- chapter
1: nine starts off, Stefan. What do we have in this episode?
2: Uh, we have a Star Wars MMA fight. Um we, yeah, got we do. got the Morian guards having an axe fight. Um, mm-hmm. We have a guy who no one knew was John Lake Leguizamo, and anyone who says otherwise is lying. No one knew that he played the one guy. In that opening scene.
1: Yeah, I did not. I learned that right now, no, folks. I didn't this know that.
2: minute, <laughs> this exact minute. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I'm actually uh, pretty ready for this. Not in as I was prepping, just because my normal nerd consumerism. Uh, I watched a YouTube video with all the Easter eggs broken down in this episode, and holy shit, we're there a lot. So, um, I mean, rather than a synopsis, the first thing I want to say is because why I wanted to talk to you guys so much when we grab lunch was like, this was such a fucking love letter to Star Wars fans, like, this, just as a self-contained episode, like, you can really tell uh, Favreau and Filoni, like, they are fans first. And, like, this is just, this is all I wanted the sequels to be. It's, like, so fan servicey, but, like, in the best goddamn way. Um, like, basically, that alleyway in the opening scene, if you go back and watch, like, the things that are, like, graffitied on the walls... There are so many shout-outs to characters, to phrases, to moments. I think, like, Watto, the uh, Middle Eastern salesman, he's painted on one of the walls um look guys if you didn't know the dark side of star wars is every alien is actually based on like a human earth minority so uh, oh
1: we we knew <laughs> <laughs> let me tell look, you, I'm, you I'm okay knew.
2: It because my the filipinos are in this movie as my favorite race and that's the teddy
0: bear ewoks <laughs> stereo uh, stereotypes misa don't know what you're talking about
1: yeah see, see we couldn't really complain about Watto because jar jar was Jar-Jar out there Jar-Jar so existed. we just look i, I like our know. stereotype <laughs> We're, we're, we saved our adorable uh, little sa- teddy bears. Yeah, we 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 saved our outrage for three hundred, my people. So yes,
2: <laughs> but um, God, it was fun. I I, I don't know where to really lead the discussion. I mean, I don't think we need to give a synopsis. People who watched it will watch it. Yeah. But like, I just felt really good going in on this. Um, there there was a lot of hype to come off of that first season, and like, for me as a deep cut Star Wars fan, like I got all those references. You guys recognize that R2 unit with the busted motivator? Like, that is for the fucking
1: nerds. But... Yeah, I, I just... I mean, let's, let's talk about the the, the the big star, guest star of this episode. Mr. Western himself. Timothy Olyphant, Mr. What... A.K.A. as Kevin Smith calls him, and I've got... I've heard it enough times that I think I call him that too. Tim, Olafantastic, was all over this episode, folks. We had Deadwood right there on Star Wars. Um... I was waiting for somebody to get called a cocksucker. That was a Deadwood reference <laughs> the, for you folks out the there. The <laughs> only
2: uh, kind of hiccup to that, though, is as soon as he shows up on screen, you know, we all thought that thing—that is some ill-fitting armor. Like that is some <laughs> um, skinny, scrawny Boba Fett armor. Don't fit you, but um, you know, it
1: hammers the point home. It's not his armor. Um. Yeah, he was great though. I thought he was awesome. Um, guy plays. St- Good guy, but a bit of a prick. Well, <laughs> that's his general character in a lot of things. Um, I mean, Marcus, the end of the episode, though, that's that's what we need to talk about, right? Uh,
3: Sure. Mostly, yeah, I want to chime in with that actor. I feel like that is the guy that George McHale fucking hates the most because he looks just like him, and he's like, oh, he's the better actor. He gets all the good roles. Um, uh, But, yeah, I mean, if we're going – synopsis to the end of the um episode it's something that they, they've been hinting at you know even in um the first season of mandalorian is that boba fett is still around in Tatooine, and uh, i referenced that because they went to Tatooine in the first season at the very end i can't i don't remember the character's name uh one character was like saved by another person and people thought it might have been boba fett but there was very little context clues besides that you know in the lore he's still alive um you know in the past lore he survives being um jumping into the Sarlacc pit. Um, and people love Bubble Fett, and this is a show about Mandalorian, so why wouldn't they tie that in? Uh, but I think what the crux of the show that works so well, and I think it's what Stefan was alluding to when, he, when we first started talking about um, this episode and the series as a whole, is that there is a lot of fan service, and there is so much so that it would be very easy if it wasn't handled correctly to it to go overboard and to cheapen it and make it feel lessened. And how they pull off the fan service so well is that it's all grounded. Um, You know, there's so many callbacks to the original trilogy and even the prequels, but they never get in their own dick about it or whatever. You know, they're never like, oh, look at this speeder bike. Does not that look like a pod racer engine? Remember Anakin had one just like this? Like, it's all so grounded that it just makes it just makes you as the viewer feel like, okay, not only does this character because what I like about this is uh, I forget what I'm just going to keep calling him Mando because I don't know what his actual name is. When he's going back to Tatooine or he's talking to a character and they're saying like, oh, I thought I saw a Mandalorian in Tatooine. He talks about, like, oh, well, I'm very familiar with that place, which we know because we saw him go there before. But also as a viewer, we're very familiar with Tatooine. A lot of you know the movies take place there. So for them to go back and then hit the notes that they hit without making it a big deal its just yeah, he's in the cantina they were in New Hope because there's one fucking cantina in this place, you know? They do that stuff so well, they ground the series so well that the callbacks are just fun for the fans that know about it and new fans. It just washes over them, but it's not important. It's not important that his speeder bike is the engine of the Podraiser. It has no relevance on the overall arcing story at all. But for us, it's a great uh, treat, right? And seeing different alien races that we saw glimpses of have bigger roles in the episodes. They're just a little treat. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, Boba Fett and where that arc's going necessarily. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But it's just a fun nod, and it's a really fun character, and it'll be interesting to see those two characters interact with each other.
1: Mike, what do you think? I
0: I have watched it. Um, I kind of had it on in the background as I was watching something else. So I haven't really caught many of the Easter eggs that um that Steph was talking about. So I actually just read um all the Easter eggs that were in it. I didn't even catch that that Astromech droid was the first one that Luke was actually going to buy before he found out it had a bad motivator. Like, that is such a... That is such a subtle callback that only like Star Wars are really gonna fucking understand they shouldn't get that one but I really enjoyed the episode I don't understand reviews I heard that said that this episode didn't capture the magic that the, the first uh, season of the Mandalorian had one it's only one freaking episode and two
1: it was new last time
0: <laughs> yeah new and, and second that we hadn't experienced anything like the Mandalorian before um, in regards to Star Wars in, in, in a long time. And one thing I'm really happy about is that when I heard that Boba Fett was gonna be in this season of The Mandalorian, I was afraid that it was gonna detract and take away from uh, from Mando and make it really less special. But if all we're really gonna get is just like little bits of Boba Fett, where it looks like that's where we're going to go with it. And also, it's going to be Boba Fett without his armor, so it almost makes him a completely different character in a way. I, I like it. Um, it goes- yo,
1: yo, he, you, you don't think he's getting his armor? He just picked it up for him.
0: He didn't pick it up for him. It belongs to him! <laughs> I, mean, I, don't,
2: I don't think he knows who it is. I think he was just kind of explaining, like... It's part of his thing. Like, only a Mandalorian can possess this. So, until he finds someone to give it to who is a Mandalorian, he needs to, like, remand it from... Um... Like, when Killmonger takes back their shit in the uh, history museum. It's like and that. And
0: also, um, from what I've read in the... At least in the, in the old books that used to be canon, Boba Fett wasn't an actual Mandalorian either. So perhaps one of the conflicts between the two will be that they put that into this in into this show that he isn't a, a real Mandalorian himself, but he's going to fight Mando to get his armor back. Uh,
1: that'd be kind of cool. He could get his ass kicked. <laughs> and Boba Fett, Boba Fett can't fight.
3: I mean, I, I think what's interesting, what you're alluding to Mike is that like bubble Fett is a very big character. That's not a very big character. Like, People have made him a very big character, but in the movies, he really wasn't. And when you say, like, oh, with without his armor, he's, like, a different character. It's like, well, without his armor, he really wasn't a character. Like, that armor is the character. So it would be interesting. I mean, in the prequels, kind of fill some of that back in, some of his backstory and stuff. But it'll be interesting to see what that person really is, because as a viewer, we don't really know. And I think that's what the show does so well. And I think what the show did really well in this episode was the stuff with the Tuscan Raiders and how he, they humanized him. And that's something that the show again has previously done. They show that they're not just these weird wild beasts and it plays this narrative or this duality of like, basically this is a Western episode and the Tuscan Raiders are the native people are the native Americans and they have to work together. Um, but it was just really fun, you know, as these really interesting characters again, that we remember from the original series, but don't actually see a lot of to actually see like their culture and how they communicate and you get a feeling of like, okay, how do these people survive? You know, how do they entertain themselves? And I mean, they don't really get into that. But you get to feel like they are it's more than just a beast wrapped up. These are actual people with their own societies. And while it's very harsh and they're very territorial and violent, uh, you know, there's a real person here. And there's a real character there to these people that just aren't these just bad guys. So I think that's what the show does so well is taking these things that as kids we've built up in our imaginations of like how this universe would work and then actually just getting into the into the meat of it and I think that's where some of the criticism comes to because this format of television is kind of a very old style of television where it's very monster of the week every week Mando just goes somewhere and they're like I got a quest for you to do I mean that's like so many of the episodes in the last season was just like I go to this place I meet this character they're in some kind of bind or I need help from them But we have to do this thing together to overcome that to go to the next stage or whatever. And that's very formulaic. And I think when you're being critical of a show, you can look at those synopsis and be like, how did this episode move the overarching story? Like It didn't didn't really move the overarching story that much. It's just another adventure that Mando went on. But for fans like us, that's what we've been dreaming about ever since the original trilogy. They created such a fun universe, and we just want to play in it and experience it and see it. And it's changed. It's not that same universe because the prequels and the new movies are just kind of different. So it's fun to have this show, which is very much playing in that old ideology of we'd have the action figures, right? And we're making our own stories up. And now we're just seeing people who are really good at that do it on a much larger scale. And it's just really fun.
1: So, yeah. Steph, just excited for the season. I, mean, I guess they're going week to week. Yeah, the um the action figure thing is spot on
2: because highlight moment of the episode I'll say is when fucking the two of them fly up in their rocket packs together. That's me and my action figures sitting, you know, building up the things, like dreaming of the the them being badass. Um, yeah, they're just such cool character designs. The concepts of the armors, the rocket, right? Um, Rocketeer Samurai is essentially what Boba Fett was if Darth Vader was Magic Samurai. So. Yeah, this like I said, it's by fans for fans. So like it's hard for me to be disappointed in this show if this is like what they're going to give me. I'm totally good with the monster of the week if it's just fun. Cuz that's all I want it to be at this point, just be fun.
1: All right. Um so that's it for us this week. Um Okay, the plan is for there to be a podcast next week. Okay, I like that plan. That, that That's it. There's a plan where there'll be a podcast next week, as there's a plan for the podcast every week, unless, you know, we really know something in advance. Assuming we'll be, you know... Look, we're going to do our best that there'll be a podcast next week. I'm just going to put it that way, okay?
3: <laughs> Bobby is getting uh, me concerned now. Are you going to run the country or something? Bobby,
2: Bobby <laughs> is dancing around the obvious bush. We're talking about the uh, National Nightmare and where we are yeah. during the... St- what stage are we in this time next week? Um... Yeah. You see how everyone's
1: doing. Yeah, but everybody be safe tomorrow. Be safe on Tuesday on Election Day uh, when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this the day after Election Day, I still hope you're safe. I mean, in general, let's all seek safety. That's good overall. Advice. Be safe. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. That was Anxious Millennial Kid Presentable. We'll see y'all next week, and uh, peace out. See ya. Good new Twitter handle. Probably too many characters.